0: All right. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the very first episode of The Start of Something New, a DCOM podcast. I am your host, Jake, and with me is my co-host.
1: Oh, hi. I'm Kate.
0: Hi, Kate. So this is a podcast in which we, two people in our early 20s, are going to go through and review every single Disney Channel original movie in chronological order. All the way from under wraps to upside down magic. So, Kate. It's going
1: to be such a ride.
0: It is. So, Kate, how are you doing today?
1: I'm doing so well. And I'm so excited to discuss Under Wraps because I don't remember ever seeing that movie prior to watching it for the podcast. And it just, it, the 90s vibes that were going on in 1997, it's just, it's going to be such a good time. Personally, like I grew up, and obviously we're about the same age, so we grew up in the same era. But for me, I remember watching High School Musical and getting really geeked out over that and Camp Rock and kind of was part of that era. So it's really fun to see uh, the DCOMs that, or it's going to be really fun to see, I should say, because we're just starting the process, but the DCOMs that started the whole thing right Honestly, I think this came out a few days before I was born, all the way up until like now, where I'm not actively watching the Disney Channel. So yeah. I think it'll be really fun.
0: Yeah, because as you said, we were the high school musical generation. We were there for to see it become yes. just the beacon of pop culture it is.
1: Yes. I remember the merchandise that they had going on with High School Musical was insane. Like, all my friends were getting High School Musical backpacks and... And to think that we wouldn't be there, um, as you pointed out to me, that we would not be there without the movies like Under Wraps and the earlier films. um, And that's what allowed us to get to the high school musical era and the camp rock era is really like really insane to think about.
0: Yeah. um, Like you said, we were there. We were we were there. We saw it happen. But to think that back in the day, this kind of stuff was what the kids were getting. It's like crazy to think.
1: It's so weird. There's so many differences that we'll delve into in a little bit here. But if you want to go ahead and kind of give the summary of Under Wraps and then we can start our discussion about the movie and our thoughts about the movie.
0: Yeah, certainly. So Under Wraps, it's considered the very first Disney Channel original movie because, well, before this, there was the Disney Channel Premiere Films. Which are basically the same thing, but it wasn't until this movie that they officially branded it as a Disney channel original movie, though some people argue that the that the first Disney Channel original movie is actually the film Northern Lights, but that wasn't officially branded as one, so as of right now, under wraps is the beginning, and like it's, you said,
1: no, it's just go on, it's just so crazy to think about that. I mean, there's all these films before that that were not branded as DCOM, so to speak, but um, it's weird to think that, like, even the beginning as we know it started before we were born.
0: Yeah, I am. This was released on October 25th,
1: 1997. I was born the 27th, so that's weird to me. It's like it was literally like a my birthday gift to the world. <laughs> it uh, was. Kate, Go
0: thank on. You, you can. You can. Yeah, right. You can continue your summary, though. I just think that's wild. Okay, so yeah, so this is a 1997 television film um, directed by Greg Beeman and actually Kate. Um, We're going to hear his name again, because he actually directed a few more DCOMs after this. Really? Which
1: ones do you know?
0: Um, If if you don't
1: know, that's fine.
0: No, I can look it up real quick. Um, So we'll see him again for... That's
1: so You see a lot of people come back, I feel like, um, when it comes to Disney Channel movies that when it comes to both like actresses, actors, directors, choreographers, I feel like, um, at least through the films that I've seen and the little bit of knowledge that I have going into this, which is admittedly not like a ton, um, that they do tend to reuse the people that they like
0: in I their mean, films. To go back to high school musical, I mean Kenny Ortega. Exactly.
1: Iconic, yeah. and I had no idea that he did all this choreography for like Michael Jackson and stuff until like I literally knew Kenny Ortega because of High School Musical.
0: I, yeah. yeah. And then he came back to do movies. We're gonna reach a long way down the line, but he did the Descendants trilogy.
1: Did he really? Uh-huh. I've heard those are really good. I have not seen them yet, but I'm excited to because I've heard mostly positive reviews about them.
0: Wow. Well, so I think well, they're gonna be. See. Yeah, those are a ways down the line. Yeah, so that
1: will get to maybe by this winter, but it
0: be, depending on how many, how um, often our schedule is. Yeah. Okay, but we're getting but... into this. Figure yeah. so Sorry, but... go on. He did um he did under wraps, brink, which is a real fun one that I'm excited to show you. Um horse sense, yeah horse sense that's a decom. Uh, Miracle in Lane two. Oh, he did the ultimate Christmas present. Well,
1: he did a lot of them then, so he was, like, a regular mm-hmm. regular dude
0: in the Disney world. Yeah, it looks like the last one he did here was A Ring of Endless Light in 2002. Oh. Uh-huh. so, after okay, that, so he... like,
1: between... 90... Sorry, just between 97 and 2002, uh, he was really, like, their main person for DCOMs,
0: sounds like. Yeah, it. yeah okay. after that, he just went on to work on, like, just TV shows, he... Just directs episodes of TV shows now. Interesting, interesting. Gotcha. Yeah, All he's right. still active. He's still active. He just recently did some episodes for the DC TV shows.
1: Interesting. That's that's funny. That's um. You you know it's to see the expanse of people's work and how many years it covers is just crazy.
0: Oh yeah. So this guy, he's still doing good. Greg Beeman. Shout out to you, giving us the first decom. Yeah, shout out to him, seriously. Okay, so this movie stars, um, I'm going to probably butcher some names here, um, Mario Yidada as Marshall, he's the main character, he's the main kid, um, we got Adam Weil as Gilbert, he's the best friend, Clara Bryant as Amy, who, you have notes about Amy. I do. Yeah, and finally, last but certainly not least, we have, I'm probably going to butcher his name here, Bill Fagerbake- Foggerbake as Harold the Mummy, but we know him better. as so Who do we know him as, Kate?
1: Oh, Patrick.
0: Patrick from Star.
1: Patrick Star from uh, Spongebob Squarepants.
0: Yes. Um, You pointed it out that that was Patrick, and then from when you pointed that out, I could not hear him as nothing but Patrick.
1: I couldn't either. That not it weird that, you know, I didn't even notice it Um, as I was watching the movie, I was at my boyfriend's house. And so he was kind of like, he, not necessarily watching the movie with me, but kind of peeking in on scenes. And he recognized it immediately. He's like, hey, that's Patrick from SpongeBob SquarePants. And I was like, wait, what? And then it just took me a few seconds. And I was like, oh, my God, it is. Like, that's definitely Patrick.
0: Yeah. And I looked it up. This movie came out one year before the first um, episode of SpongeBob came out.
1: Isn't that crazy? I wonder how many kids would have uh, recognized him back in the day. Like, oh, like he was in some sort of movie that I watched. Like, I, I mean, I'm sure it didn't come up like, oh, he was in this particular movie. But it's, it, yeah, it's really.
0: Go on. Yeah, That's the thing about voice actors. Um, they don't really get credited in like like the main t- credits of, a, of the animated show. So people probably don't know this. We're probably blown. people's yeah.
1: minds. It's, it's insane. You really don't know the scope of a voice actor's work. Um, and that's really what primarily what The Mummy slash... Oh, and he was double casted as the boyfriend in the movie, the that, mom's boyfriend.
0: That is true. He's also boyfriend. I don't know boyfriend.
1: if that was mentioned. But yeah, he uh, he's primarily like a voice and movement actor. I mean, The Mummy doesn't have any lines and The Boyfriend has, you know, minimum lines.
0: Yeah, we don't see him a lot. But he is kind of a plot point, at least.
1: Yeah, he's a huge plot point because they talk about um, the the main character, his... Uh, sorry, I'm plugging in my laptop here. It's about to die. No, that's okay. um, But the main character, his parents are divorced and he's, like, struggling with that.
0: Yeah, so, let's talk about that real quick. Yeah, the yeah. main character has divorced parents, which... I think it's like a joke in, like, a lot of DCOMs. Like, there's either only, there's usually only one parent because the other one's dead. Yeah. But this one, this one, they just avert that right off the bat. They just say, no, they're only divorced. Like, we don't see the dad, but we know he's still alive.
1: This is interesting. I think just really quick, um, even though we've started to talk about the movie a little bit, um, I'm just going to give a quick little summary of the movie in its entirety. Um, yeah, go ahead. Just so that anybody following along that hasn't watched the movie will kind of have a sense of what we're talking about. So there's these two kids, um, uh, Marshall and Gilbert, who um, discover a mummy in the basement of this guy's house that they think is dead, Um And together with their friend Amy, who I have a little bit of commentary about as we get deeper into the podcast, um, they end up kind of, like, taking the mummy under their wing, who they name Harold. Um, I forgot that the mummy had a name, to be totally honest with you. Yeah, they Uh, don't say a lot. But, yeah, his name is Harold. And then after, um, they they have this this Halloween-obsessed dude. I'm reading from Wikipedia here just to give some credit. No,
0: that's um, fair.
1: Trying to also like recollect the movie uh, in itself. So they have they have this dude who's like probably I'd say five to ten years older than him, them, and more like ten years older than them, who like yeah, just he, he, loved Halloween because these kids are like twelve.
0: Yeah, and he owns like a he owns a business. He has a store.
1: Yeah, he owns like this Halloween store, and so they basically found out that the mummy which is like alive and kind of like a almost acts like a child in some ways. I don't know, but he has to be put back into his sarcophagus, um, before Halloween or the mummy will just like his existence is gone, which is kind of weird. Cause he's like already dead, but it's just interesting. But then the weird part of this movie that I thought, I thought was really weird was, um, the dead guy, quote unquote, um, feigned his death to avoid paying taxes like which i thought was an interesting premise because i feel like it's not a premise that would be used in a children's movie today it seemed a little bit like complex and adulty i guess if if you could use that word
0: yeah this Um, movie has a bit more of a mature feeling to it it almost is like um not like i wouldn't say like a disney channel i'd say almost maybe almost like a nickelodeon
1: yeah, ab- absolutely. It does have a little bit of a... It's still definitely a kids movie, but it has a little bit of a mature theme. So, upon finding out that the mummy has escaped, again, reading from Wikipedia, all the credit to them, uh, from the coffin, this Mr. Kubat character, aka like the dead man, he orders like his people to find the mummy because he's going to sell it to someone. And there's just a lot of stuff that goes on with Halloween happening and the mummy goes to like this Halloween party and yeah. these 12 year old kids are trying to, at one point, uh, Harold, the mummy is in the main character's room, uh, Marshall and the mom doesn't, he, she just thinks that Marshall has a lot of Halloween paraphernalia and she just thinks he happens to be part of the Halloween paraphernalia and that there's, like, a random stink in her son's room, but she's just like, eh, almost teenage boy. So, yeah, like,
0: I think these kids are, like, supposed to be 12. Yeah. Which, yep. um, yeah, which is interesting, cause especially because we'll talk about this when we get to later decoms. They honestly they casted, like, they did cast kids for this. They're not, like, 20-year-olds playing high schoolers.
1: Which they tend to do a little bit more now. Oh, also, something that we're going to talk a little bit more in depth, but there's this weird random love interest with Harold that's not really developed, but there's another mummy. And he it's basically kind of to prove to kids that even though divorce happens and Marshall's parents are divorced and that's totally okay, like, people can find love again and there is such thing as love and yada yada.
0: Yeah, uh, so that is so that's your little like five minute summary about the movie.
1: Yeah. Bill
0: okay.
1: Fagerback, Fagerbacky, Fagerback. I I I don't probably butchering his name, but that I, is I'm pr- Patrick I'm Star. Sure,
0: yeah, I'm pretty sure I booked, A. like most of the cast names, at least the important yeah. ones.
1: Yeah, sorry, I just wasn't sure if you read his. I know you read the the first few, but anyway, you can go on, Jake. You you uh. Tell us your thoughts.
0: <laughs> okay, so you gave us your little intro of the movie. So let's just dive in and talk about this movie like start to finish. So um I know we both pointed this out. So first of all, this movie opens. This movie has amazing an amazing opening credit sequence.
1: Yes. Yes, it's got, absolutely.
0: It's got like it ha- the Egyptian paraphernalia, the Egyptian yeah. symbolism. Um, some really good um word just like I guess word art I guess is the word I'd say
1: yes absolutely it does it comes off a little bit more like cinematic I would say than most Disney movies are today or even in the era when we were growing up
0: yeah because like 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 someone straight up made this for this movie whereas I feel like even with High School Musical I feel like it's just um pan pan camera shots of just the location of like the ski lodge whereas the credits show up it's not really like a special made intro
1: yeah I would definitely
0: agree with that so we get that amazing intro and then we open and they hit us with a false opening because this opens on a family of four talking about I think what the youngest son being afraid to sleep in his own bed yeah which quick side note did you ever do that as a kid did you ever sleep in your parents bed All the time. Honestly,
1: I was that kid that grew out of that very, very late.
0: I did too. I think it was maybe second grade. And this is a little tangent, but this is a story I gotta tell. The reason I stopped stopped doing it, it was um, Christmas Eve, actually. And my mom said if I didn't sleep in my own bed that night, Santa wouldn't come. Oh my gosh.
1: (laughs) You poor child. But But also... Go, Mom!
0: Yeah, so that's how I started sleeping in my own bed, and now my bed is my favorite place to be. <laughs> Honestly, safe. Okay, so we get this false opening. Um, The boy is talking about how he doesn't want to sleep in his own bed. There's, like, a monster or something underneath it. And then the mom goes to, like, take care of the dishes or something, and then all of a sudden, there's just this, like, weird goblin man right at the window, and it's like, oh, my God.
1: Yeah. It was scary. Like, that's the biggest takeaway from... For me, when the beginning of this movie is it felt scary. I mean, not like a horror movie would say, you know, something like The Conjuring, but it was scary. It felt more goosebumps like it felt like something that would not be shown Um, in a Disney film today. It just seemed a little bit too edgy, I guess.
0: Yeah, but this yeah, you though? said it. This is like Goosebumps and this is the era yes. of the Goosebumps TV show. Um we were a little um when I was in elementary school, I only knew about the books. I didn't find out about the TV show till later. And I watched some of the T V show and honestly I could see some of those episodes giving kids nightmares. Oh yeah. Like the like the living dummy ones, like those ones. I could see someone like getting messed up from those.
1: I think that this was just part of an era where children's horror a kind of just subdued version of the horror genre was extremely popular i mean i remember in elementary school kids reading like the goosebumps books and the books of that genre scary stories to tell in the dark oh Um, yeah yeah that that genre was incredibly popular
0: okay sorry another another tangent Um, you remember scary stories to tell in dark? Do you remember the one about the girl with the the ribbon around her neck?
1: I do. But didn't her like head pop off?
0: Yeah, because like she lived a full life, and then at the end, her husband takes the ribbon off, and her head popped off. Dude, that one messed me up. Oh my god. Yeah, there was some weird stuff going on. Some yeah. weird messed up stuff. Yeah, honestly, I feel like kid me is probably honestly tougher than me now. What a mood. But
1: you did go through all of the halloween horror nights houses last that is year
0: true. that is true so good and for me
1: hopefully next year since it's canceled
0: this year yeah we should let people know like the, the recording will say it's not but we're recording this in the, the year of our lord 2020
1: yeah we are recording in august of 2020 so there's still a lot of stuff that is occurring because of uh COVID-19 and the pandemic so as we're recording we're actually recording over Skype call in the future I think we hope to record in person but it's just
0: safe to do so but for right now we're doing the Skype we're maintaining maintaining much social distance
1: we're maintaining a lot of social distance we're just being cautious and um but yeah that has reflected not only on our podcast but life in general and something that jake and i did last year together was go to uh, halloween horror nights at universal orlando because we're obviously very into entertainment and we went through all the haunted houses to jake's somewhat pleasure and somewhat displeasure and We we had a lot of fun, but unfortunately this year, due to the pandemic, it's canceled. So we will not be going to Horror Nights this year. Hopefully in 2021. If any of you guys are watching in 2021, we will get to go again. Yeah, also,
0: if you're listening to this in 2021, hi, how are you doing? Hopefully this podcast is still going.
1: Hi, Future. How you doing?
0: Yeah. All right. So So. we get this Goblin Man, and that's when we learn that this intro was actually... A part of a movie that Marshall and Gilbert were watching. Remember movies? Oh my
1: god. Right. Pre-COVID. Oh. I've gone to the drive-in a few times, but man, I just miss sitting in those like cinema chairs.
0: Yeah. Those were anyway, be the best. Yeah. So it's a movie. Gilbert gets scared and he runs out. I also that movie theater seemed pretty crowded. I'm like, man, he probably made a scene. Right. Yeah. So true. So then we cut to the end of the movie. Marshall and Gilbert are walking home. Marshall's basically just making fun of Gilbert, how he's a scaredy cat. Uh, They bring up the sound of music, which is like, oh, there you go. That's going to date this movie.
1: (laughs) There were so many references. Uh, There was something in there about basketball, too, at some point in the movie. I don't remember what. I mean, I'm not a sports person, so I didn't catch it. But again, my boyfriend, who was walking in and out, he said, Oh, that just shows like how much the people of that time kind of knew sports more than now, and I was like, huh, and I just or something like that. They but they made some sort of reference to the basketball stars of the time or something.
0: Yeah. So Yeah, this is a lots little, of nineties. Little warning, me and Kate were theater kids in school, so
1: Yes. Yeah. Yes. Obviously with the entertainment theme, we probably aren't the most sportsy people in the world.
0: No, but there's like a bajillion sports decom, so get ready for those. Oh, yeah. We're okay. ready. Yeah. So, they're walking home. Um, they're talking about Mr. Kubot, the the creepy neighbor, because no neighborhood's complete without the weird, creepy neighbor. No. That's so true. Yeah. So, basically, they're talking about the fact that Gilbert is the neighborhood paperboy, and apparently he hasn't been paid for giving Mr. Kubot his uh, newspaper, which, like, come on, man. Pay the kid.
1: Yeah, seriously.
0: The newspaper was still a thing in the nineties. This is you needed it. So, um basically Marshall tells Gilbert to go tell Mr. Kubat to pay him. Gilbert doesn't want to because you know he's the scary neighbor, so and he's a scaredy cat. So they go to Mr. Kubat's house, they knock on the door, and this man oh my god, this man He really is the creepy neighbor.
1: Yeah, he he really, he has, they did a good job with him making him like the stereotypical who you kind of think the movie is going to be about if you didn't know the title or that it was about a mummy. Like, you would think that he would end up being the antagonist.
0: I mean, he does, but like, in a different... Yeah, he is. He is. I I should say say he
1: is the antagonist. I'm sorry, the mummy is not the antagonist. He is the antagonist, but he's not really a main part of the movie until the end.
0: Sorry, Mr. I got Scott. my. Yeah. 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 Uh, so, yeah, they go to him. He's got like a scary dog that he basically just uh, sex on the kid. So, they run away. So, that's basically the end of that scene. They go home. We see Marshall's house. And that's where we are introduced to his mother and his mother's new boyfriend, played by Patrick Starr.
1: Oh, my God. Isn't that so weird?
0: Yeah, it's so that weird.
1: So wild.
0: The, that's see so the man. wild.
1: The myth, the legend. The legend. So. Yeah, who also is Harold the Mummy, as we'll get to later. Mm-hmm. But continue your your in-depth recap here.
0: Yeah, Um. so we meet them. Um, yeah, it's Todd. Todd's the boyfriend's name. But this is what we learn. Marshall doesn't like Todd. No, just, and not for
1: any good reason. Todd really tries to be a good kind of stepdadish figure to Marshall, but he's not really ready for it after his parents' divorce. And he has that animosity built up from his parents getting divorced. And so he kind of projects that
0: onto Todd. Yeah, he does. It's just it's the trope of you're not my father. It's like yeah. whenever there's like a new step parent or something in the house, you know, the kids always like take them a little bit to get adjusted to. And I'm like, yeah, that's fair, you know? Yeah, it's definitely fair for sure. Yeah, so I think that's when Marshall goes up to his room, and we see his room is decked out in, like, horror and Halloween props, paraphernalia, all that stuff.
1: Yeah, yeah, he has an obsession with Halloween, hence how he has a friend who, like, owns the Halloween store, where we assume he buys all the stuff that decorates his room.
0: My question, where is he getting this money? He doesn't have a job. Does he make his mom get it? Yeah, spoiled brat, right? No, yeah. yeah I know. Who knows? Uh, also, Who knows? I want to point out, Marshall lives in the attic. Let's talk about that for a second.
1: He, like, why do the kids in Disney Channel, movies or TV shows, have such great rooms? I know. Always. Without didn't, fail, they don't have normal
0: rooms. Yeah, didn't Raven live in the attic, too? I
1: think so. Yeah, I, think I
0: think so. Too. Yeah, and then not. don't even get us started on, like... Zach and Cody living in a hotel room, like what? Mm
1: -hmm. And how Carrie, who we don't give enough credit, gave her sons the bedroom while she slept on the couch.
0: That's right, she slept on the pull out couch.
1: Yeah, and her kids got the bedroom. Yeah, like that one does not get enough credit.
0: She doesn't, she's really one of the better Disney Channel moms, honestly. The best, anyway. So, anyway, um, we see Marshall's room. Um, his mom comes up, they have a conversation about Todd, and Marshall, he's just hes just not about Todd yet. Yeah, definitely not. Definitely not. No. Okay, so it's, I assume this was like a Friday night or a Saturday night thing, because next we see the, well, the boys are back at school. It's been a few days, and this is where we meet Amy, and do you want to say anything about Amy just yet?
1: I could talk about Amy a little bit. Overall, I like Amy as a character, but she also comes off as kind of a bully, which is interesting because you don't see that with protagonists, even if they're kind of side characters in a disease movie anymore, it's really a lot more black and white. Say Tess Tyler, Camp Rock, she's definitely and she's definitely a bully and yeah there's some redeeming factors at, at the end but she's the one that you as the viewer love to hate for most of okay. where Amy she's kind but she's also lovable she's also part of the weird
0: yeah sorry you were kind of breaking up a little bit in there but I got most of what you're saying You're like, yeah, she's kind of a bully, but she's also kind of the protagonist.
1: Yeah, it's, it's interesting. I mean, yeah, she's also, she's not, she's a side character. Marshall is obviously the main character, but yeah, she's definitely, she's not, she's part of the group that you are rooting for. And yet she has these qualities about her that... Again, she's kind of a little bit of a bully. And it's it's interesting because I don't feel like Disney would do that in a film today where they would put a character who shows these qualities of being a bully into their group of protagonists, I guess.
0: Well, you say that. But if you remember, Phineas and Ferb, didn't they also have a character kind of like this who was a bully but also their friend? Uh, it's
1: I really liked Phineas and Ferb back in the day, but it's been so long since I watched
0: it. Well, don't worry. There's a there's a Phineas and Ferb decom. So we'll get back to the so we'll get back into it a little while around down the road. Yeah. All right. So, yeah, this is Amy comes in. She's she's like their friend and also kind of like a bully he said. But anyway, she says she tells them she informs them. That Mr. Kuba has died. Oh, my God. Okay. He's dead. Um, anyway, the boys don't believe her at first. So after school, they go to his house and they see that there are, like, I don't know, moving people. I'm not quite sure what you would call them, like, taking stuff out of the house. Because, in fact, he has, uh, apparently, he has died. Right. Yeah. Is this also where we meet um the little kid? What was his name? Oh, goodness.
1: I don't remember. But it's I know like, who you're talking about.
0: Yeah, the weird little kid who's, like, kind of gross.
1: Yeah, there's he just kind of pops up at certain
0: points. Yeah, hold on. I'm going to look his name up. I'm like, wh- yeah, he just tells them that uh, there's people taking stuff out of Mr. Kubat's house. And they're like, what? Um, hold on. I'm going to look this up. Let me look. Oh, I think it's Leonard. It's Leonard.
1: Okay, yeah,
0: yeah. Leonard's the, I remember that. the weird little kid.
1: The, yeah, that sounds familiar.
0: So yeah, Leonard informs them that there's people taking stuff out of Mr. Kubot's house. So they decide, Did they decide to come back later that night or just right then to just go check it out? I think it was later that night. Yeah, because we find I out that. I could be wrong. Yeah, because I think we find out that Amy's mom's a realtor and she's selling the house now. Yeah. So yeah, they go back later that night to investigate the house. But when they pick up when they go to pick up Gilbert, we um we're introduced to Gilbert's mom and we never see her on camera, but she is a character. Yeah. Yeah. And she's like um we just learn a lot of weird things about her like she apparently has a doll collection and she brings them to the movie sometimes. I don't know. Yeah,
1: yeah, he says a lot. He I shouldn't say a lot, but he says a fair amount of random facts about his mom that establish her as a quirky individual
0: yeah and then we never hear about gilbert's dad so who knows um, yeah so anyway the kids go to the house they investigate it so they look they they like re- relay gilbert into the basement through the window and that is where we first see the sarcophagus and they're like what yeah
1: they're like how did this get like yeah it's uh is it don't they lower down one of the oh i forget which of the three gets lowered down but then he kind of like freaks out as they're yeah. holding him to kind of look into the basement through a window or something yeah, yeah it, was it, freaked
0: Gil- him out. It, it was gilbert okay so yeah they see that um so then I think he tells the other two about it. So they look into it, but then suddenly I think that it's open. So it's like so who whatever was in it, it's not in it anymore. So they decide to go into the house themselves, which like, come on guys, really. Yeah. Like if this was a real horror movie, you wouldn't do that. You would just leave. You'd leave. You wouldn't go in the house.
1: I know. It's so I mean they do that in every like every film. It's like we're gonna go deeper into this haunted thing
0: yeah i wouldn't but they do so they go inside because amy has the key because of course she does so they look around they're like "Mm, there's nothing in here and then after some looking is i think gilbert's the one who stumbles across the mummy first yes i want to say yes Oh, also, I totally forgot. The actual reason they go in the house is because Gilbert drops his glasses in there.
1: Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember that now. I I could not remember that. But, yeah, I remember that.
0: Yeah, he dropped the glasses. So they have to go in to get him because his mom will kill him if he lost them. Which, honestly, yeah. I have glasses, too. I get it.
1: Right. Yeah, same. I am blind without my glasses or contact.
0: I'm just straight so, up pulling a Velma from Scooby-Doo without them.
1: Yeah, same. Same.
0: So they go in to get Gilbert's glasses. They run into the mummy. And at first it's like a typical horror movie chase scene where they're running from him. And then I think at one point he has them cornered. But then he plots with yeah. he doesn't like hurt them or anything. He gives Gilbert his glasses back.
1: Right. And it's like, it's it's kind of weird because they're all freaked out. But then all of a sudden, oh, the mummy isn't evil. The mummy's nice. The mummy yeah. is kind of like a small child. And the mummy goes to the bathroom, too, which I don't yes. know how the mummy has those bodily functions. But. Yes,
0: I was going to bring that up. Yeah, then does he go to the bathroom? Yeah, he like yeah. goes in. And it's like, what? So weird. Yeah,
1: it, it, <laughs> it, 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 Go on sorry uh,
0: no it's, um, i was gonna say it's kind of weird because like doesn't he take like a good few minutes in there
1: yeah it's this whole comic relief thing going on because the kids still don't really know if he's like good or he's bad or what what what's up but it's like what the mummy's going to the bathroom and then obviously adults will think well like how can he even do that yeah. so it's but interesting. i mean
0: at least he has toilet paper Right. Yeah. <laughs> 2020, 2020 toilet paper jokes are all the rage right now.
1: Yeah, honestly, he's valuable.
0: <laughs> he's valuable in 2020. Um, so it's the kids. Valuable. I think while he's in there, the kids decide to leave. But on their way out, he comes. He comes out of the bathroom. I I think do I think you hear him wash his hands too, which like yeah, good. I good job, Harold.
1: <laughs> Protect himself
0: against disease. <laughs> Yeah. Um. So they, he comes back out and that's when they realize he's not he's not scary or mean or evil. He's just kind of like he's confused. He's wondering where he is, why he's there. He's like, what's going on? Right. Because I think yeah. like, the last yeah. thing. Because I think like the last thing he remembers is just like probably ancient Egypt.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, imagine if you woke up thousands of years later. You'd be confused, but they do it... They show it in a pretty comedic fashion, you know? With them kind of wandering around, like,
0: ooh. Yeah, because doesn't he he get scared of Marshall's watch?
1: Yeah, so, like, just weird things freak him out. But, but, like, it makes sense, because he hasn't been conscious since ancient Egypt. (laughs) So, sometime in ancient Egypt.
0: Yeah, so... Um, I think the kids decide to to go home for the night and they decide, like, they just tell, they just tell the Harold, because I think this one they name him Harold. Um, they just tell him to stay there and they'll be back the next day. Yes. Yeah, so then I think it's cut to the next day at school, you know, because we're at school again. The kids are at school. Um, and is this when that one, that one boy comes up to try and ask Amy out?
1: Yeah. And she she ain't about it.
0: No, she ain't about him. Um, what did she say? Why did she say she didn't want to go out with him?
1: I can't remember, but she was not about it at all. No,
0: no she just said nope, go nope, turn around, we're not doing that. And then yeah, after that, the kids them um, the kids are talking. They're like, so what are we gonna do about this mummy? And like, I think Marshall wants to like actually be friends with it or like see what his deal is, whereas Amy's like, we need to, like, call some kind of authority. Right. Which is like, who do you call? And Marshall went
1: out, obviously. True, true.
0: I mean, like, I don't know who you would call in this situation, Amy.
1: Yeah, I mean, she was trying to be responsible, but
0: I don't really know how you would be. Yeah, no, it's weird. So anyway, um, yeah, I think, I think it's while the kids are at school we see that Harold's actually somehow gone out of the house and he's just walking around town yeah yeah he's exploring the
1: 20th century i almost said 21st but that was not the case at
0: that point oh you're right no he's making his way downtown he's walking fast yeah um (laughs) doesn't he like doesn't he go to the drive-thru at like a burger king or something
1: yeah, like, they somehow think he orders something, and then they realize it's a mummy, and they're like, or they or he just walks away. I can't remember. But they're like, what is going on? But they literally think he orders something. Yeah. Which is interesting, because he communicates exclusively in grunts and body language.
0: So. Yeah, I'm not sure how or they. Or noises,
1: I should say, rather than grunts, but.
0: Yeah, I'm not exactly sure how they, like, turn that into an order also um i just want to point this out because i will i will point this out whenever it's applicable but i think the girl who was in the drive-thru i think that was she was a power ranger also really yeah i think so well not one of the originals but like a later one i'm gonna point this out because you'd be surprised there's a few power rangers and some dcoms
1: that's interesting i did not know that
0: yeah well because like that's another thing people associate with like the 90s childhood
1: that is true. Everyone knows the Power Rangers.
0: Yeah. So that happens. He goes to the drive-thru. He does get his drink, which he does drink, which I find that interesting.
1: <laughs> right. Like, how can he even do that? But also, how can he use the restroom, you know?
0: Like, what are the rules? Comedic for moments. What's the ru- rules with right. Harold? Is he dead? Is he not? I don't know.
1: Right. Exactly. Kind of. Maybe.
0: Yeah. Oh, wait. I totally forgot. Before all this is when they go to the Halloween store to try and figure out what's the deal with the mummy. Right.
1: And then what? they found out they have to get him back in his sarcophagus by midnight on Halloween. Right?
0: Yeah, or else he like if they... dis- dis- disintegrates or something.
1: Yeah, which is interesting because he's already dead. But again, he's not. So it's like, it's weird.
0: He's dead, but then he's gonna go through second death. Yeah. Wait, like, have, did you did you ever see Coco, the Pixar movie?
1: I had did, and I love it.
0: Oh, it's so good. I think that in there, they're like, um, as long as there's people who remember you, you can stay alive in the afterlife, but if everyone who remembers you it go, it goes away, you literally just, like, disintegrate into nothing.
1: Yeah, it's interesting, right? Because there's, like, an afterlife, but then... There's,
0: there's an, an after-afterlife. after-afterlife.
1: Yeah, there's an after-afterlife.
0: Yeah, I think that'll that's basically...
1: happen. Dependent on how many people remember you and cherish you and love you, like is how long you'll be alive in the afterlife, which is interesting.
0: Yeah, so that's like that's basically a watered down version of that. Is what's happening with Harold. If he doesn't get back into his yeah, sarcophagus, he just he's gone. Yeah, he just kind of disintegrates. Yeah. Um. So yeah, they go to the Halloween store. They're informed of this. So then after that, they go out to try and. Find, uh, to try and find Harold. Harold's running around town. Um, doesn't he wanders into a hospital because he sees a guy in a full body cast and he thinks that's another mummy.
1: Yeah, and then they shock him. Because yeah, they think. Uh, go on.
0: Yeah, because I think they say they think he's a burn victim.
1: Yeah, and then they try to do like a defibrillator on him, and he's like, ah. But they obviously they do it, but then. He's dead already, so it doesn't... It just hurts him, but it doesn't, like... They're actually hurt him.
0: Yeah, so he is dead, but yet apparently he still has some bodily function?
1: Yeah, it's just really weird. It's a weird part. Like, is he alive? Is he dead? Who knows? But he can be defibrillated without it, like, stopping his heart. You know, because he doesn't have a heart, would I'm sure be the explanation of the writers, but he can drink and use the restroom and he's at risk of dying again but he's gonna be dead regard it's weird it's really weird
0: it is weird anyway so the kids find him and then they take him back to marshall's house and this is when you said this is when the mom comes up to the his room and she doesn't realize that's a real mummy he thinks she just she just thinks it's another prop he bought yep yep yeah, and she's like, it kind of smells in here. It's probably just because my son's like twelve. It's like becoming a teenager. Oh well. Right. It's like yeah, for...
1: she just she looks right at the mummy too, who has eyes, obviously, and just is like, eh, it's a craft.
0: Yeah, it's like she she doesn't realize it. So I think. Oh, through um during the night, um this is the first time we hear the what the um I'm so lonely song because Harold like listens to that.
1: Oh yeah, yeah 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 I remember that he he really enjoys that song, some sort of love song or something. Yeah, it's like I a
0: know very, what you're talking about. it's like a famous song. It's just I don't remember the name of it right off the bat, but he really likes it. Um. I think Marshall's getting ready to go to, no, before Marshall goes to bed, he talks to Harold about, um, he talks to Harold about, like, love or something, and about how, like, every like, his parents are divorced, and he has friends whose parents are divorced, and it's like, what's the point of it?
1: Yeah.
0: And then before he goes to bed, Harold gives him a potted plant as a present.
1: Yeah, he tries. It's like,
0: it's like this movie is surprisingly wholesome. It's so wholesome, but like, continue. Yeah, so that happens. I think while Marshall's asleep, Harold like he's playing with like some of the some toys in Marshall's room. And, like one of them falls out the window, so he goes after it. So yeah. Well, so while Marshall's asleep, he's he escapes. He's not. He he heads out into the town again. So then. I believe I believe this is the first time we see the bad guys and we learn that Mr. Kubot is not dead, plot twist.
1: Da, da, da. Yeah,
0: he's a he's alive. Um and his people he's alive. he's alive. Um and his people tell him that they have the sarcophagus, but the mummy's missing. The mummy's gone, he left, and Mr. Kubot's just like, well then go find it. Right. And that's our villain introduction, everyone.
1: Yeah. It's crazy. It yeah.
0: There yeah. <laughs> it's just like what But continue. Yeah, so I I believe it's the next it's the next day now. And um I should have really kept some more better notes for this, but oh well. Um it's the next day. The kids are like, Wonder where um Harold went to something like that. Oh, no, it's that night, I think. And that's when they find out he went to the Natural History Museum. Yes. Because there's an exhibit on, surprisingly enough, Ancient Egypt there.
1: Wow, I'm so surprised,
0: What a coincidence. So they go inside, and that's when they find Harold next to the female mummy, who you also have notes on.
1: Yes. So... Again, they make this weird kind of random, very forced dynamic where Harold has this love interest who's a female mummy, who she kind of comes to life, so to speak, in the same way Harold does, for literally like two seconds at the end of the film, which we'll get to, but... Anyway, so it's revealed that Harold has this like love that I guess he wants to be in the afterlife with or something. And again, it's supposed to make this connection because he's double cast as the uh, Todd, um, the boyfriend, the mom's Marshall's mom's boyfriend. um, The same actor obviously plays Harold. And so, in one instance, it's like a new love after a divorce. And then in the other, it's like this old time love from ancient Egypt. But he's kind of this character that says, Love is possible to Marshall, who's having a hard time coping with his parents' divorce. However, I did feel that the throwing in the lady mummy just kind of felt like they felt like they needed to do it just to show that love is possible. And I guess it was a good parallel, but. It was very cliche.
0: Yeah, I'm just... I, I was caught off guard by that. I wasn't aware there was another mummy. I wasn't aware it was going to be like a love story between the mummies. I don't know. So Right,
1: it was weird, yeah. yeah.
0: Yeah, so the kids take Harold home for the night. They're like, we'll bring you back before the timer's up. Because there's, cause now there's a ticking clock in this movie. Gotta love that. Yep. I mean, ticking clock yep. is like... How you get movies going, I guess.
1: Mhm. Accelerates the plot.
0: Yeah. So they bring him back home. It's the next day. Um, they're like, "Well, all we gotta do is bring him back to his sarcophagus, which is they believe I think is still in Mister Kubat's house because they don't know that it was moved." So the next day. Right. Um, I think this is our ne- this is the second, and the, only, the second and the last time we see Leonard, the weird little kid, who tells them. Um, everything in Mr. Kubat's house is gone. There's nothing left. So they, yeah,
1: and they're like, what? Where did it all go?
0: And he's like, I don't know, some guy, got, didn't he say like some guys in an ice cream truck took all the stuff?
1: Or something like that, yeah.
0: Either way, it, something like that, that's why how the kids find out where they need to go to figure out where the sarcophagus is. But they realize, well, we can't just bring... Harold out around town, you know, looking like he is. So they get him. They go to a thrift store and they buy him a really 90s looking outfit. Yeah.
1: But then the interesting part is they go. Is this where they go to the Halloween party?
0: No, that's think. later on, I think.
1: OK, sorry.
0: I'm jumping ahead a little You're bit. You're jumping ahead. Um, yeah, we'll take we'll have to take some more detailed notes next time for the next movie so we can <laughs> keep, remember. Oh, that. well. Anyway, first episode, guys, we're doing our we're doing our best. So they go to, I believe, the old abandoned ice cream factory because there's just the abandoned ice cream factory in this town. Right. But that's another thing. We Are we ever told where we are in this movie? I don't think so. I don't think there's a location that's ever stated. stated. I think that's another thing in some um, decons is that they never tell us where we are. Yeah. Yeah, I'm
1: surprised. Like looking back, they told us that High School Musical was in Albuquerque, but I don't think Camp Rock, I don't think, had a a setting of this is where it is. So yeah, I guess a lot of the settings are kind of anonymous.
0: Yeah, um, we're not quite sure. So they go there. Um, that's where they find out one, Mr. Kubat's alive, and two, his plan. To sell Harold. So then. I believe that's. Oh they get caught. No they don't get caught. Sorry I'm thinking of the party again. I'm trying. I'm, I, I also want to just not to get to the party. Okay that's so it. I I think.
1: I think this goes that. Like, they're at the party. And. And. Men or whatever. His people come to find Harold. And it's a Halloween party, so there's a ton of mummies, so they can't really find them. And eventually, they escape through the haunted house. They're trying. They they end up at this abandoned ice cream factory, trying to get Harold back. And I think.
0: Yeah, but the don't heart. they? Yeah, that happens. But don't they go there once before the party too? Like that's how they find out, um, Mr. Oh, robot's plane or something.
1: No. They may. I, I really, honestly, I cannot remember.
0: <laughs> I think they do because they realize but, wherever Mr. Kubot is is where the sarcophagus is because they need that so that way they uh, okay. can get into it. So, yeah, uh, that okay. ha- so
1: that, yeah, that would make sense. Okay. So that happens. Okay. Then they leave. Anyway, I'm sorry. Continue.
0: No, it's fine. We're both having some like memory problem there.
1: Yeah, we watched I- just like a week ago. So it's a little fuzzy, but yeah.
0: it's all good. Yeah, so that happens. It's like- find the sarcophagus and then the party yeah. happens yeah yes and then the party happens it's a halloween party like you said there's mummies everywhere the goons are just unmasking every mummy meanwhile and this is another yeah. thing you need to bring up this movie talks about celibacy
1: oh yeah i forgot about that that was so weird the lady that was like dancing with Harold or made some kind of comment, I think, that dealt with, like sex or celibacy, which would not go over today in a Disney yeah. movie.
0: Yeah, because it's like she's this this lady's dancing with Harold, and like Gilbert's trying to get Harold, you know, because he sees the goon, so they're trying to get him out of the party. But oh. this lady, she's like, she's just like latched onto him.
1: Yeah yeah it was weird it was she made some sort of comment referring to sex or celibacy in some way and it was just something that would never go over in a disney film today like a disney channel movie i mean
0: yeah so eventually the goons find harold and the kids they get away through the haunted house that was also made by the marshall's friend i do not remember his name i oh well so that happens they run through the haunted house um Harold gets caught by the goons, and at first, Marshall wants to, like, go back and help him, but Amy's just like, um, we know where they're gonna take him, so let's just let them take him, and then we'll get him back later. So that happens. So Harold whisked away. He's taken. He's, tooken. He's, tooken. He's tooken. Liam, taken. He's taken. He's token. Liam, and taken. <laughs>
1: yeah.
0: So the kids, with the help of Marshall's friend who owns the shop, go to the abandoned ice cream factory they're like, all right, what's their game plan? So they're like, everyone into your pockets, and I'm like, what is in your pockets that can help you? Yeah. Like well, actually, did yeah, yeah. one of them have a match?
1: I think so. It's funny, it's like it's Disney logic. It's movie Disney logic.
0: Yeah, so they're like, Well, mm, that's not much. But then they remember because they came in with the guy who owns the Halloween store in his van. So they tell him to open the back and there's a bunch of halloween props in the back and like this can work
1: right yeah of course because of course and it's the guy that drives their that vehicle it's a hearse and he's the guy that's obsessed with halloween Mm
0: -hmm. so i think what they do is go on okay sorry um so, I think what happens is like they send Amy out with like a fake eyeball to make it seem like she's like her eyes like falling out or something. And then after oh, that,
1: oh my god, I remember that. Yeah, that was funny.
0: Yeah, that's great because um, the distraction of the goons. And then I think the the Halloween guy like, t- like body slams him or something. Yeah. To yeah, like knock that him must out. Happen. So then the kids go in to try and like figure out how to distract the other goons to get Harold. Um, I know one. What was? I think their plan was to use the match to alert the uh, fire sprinklers.
1: Yeah, but they couldn't like quite reach it, and then things just went tumbling down. Yeah,
0: because they think they make a noise or something, and that's when the goons find them. So then we get to the confrontation of it all. It's all the kids, except Gilbert didn't go inside. He waited outside, and that'll become important in a second. So. Mm-hmm. So Amy Marshall and the the other friend, I, whatever his name is, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, character. (laughs) Oh, well. Yeah, they're confronted by Mr. Kubot. And we learn the reason he's doing all this is because Mr. Kubot didn't pay his taxes.
1: Yeah. He's like, it's tax
0: evasion. It's weird. Anyway. It's tax evasion. He's like. Oh right, they can't collect taxes from a dead man. I guess I don't know how those work. I mean, I pay them, but like I don't know how they work.
1: Yeah, It's well, same. Literally same.
0: Yeah. So yeah, they they learn he's gonna like sell the sarcophagus and the mummy, and he's like, well, I can't have any witnesses. So th- he's thread up. Pull- there there is a gun pulled on children in this movie.
1: Yeah, that's another thing that would not go over today in a decom.
0: Yeah, it's like he straight up just pulls a legit, for real gun on these like 12 year olds and adult man it's or whatever.
1: So weird, so weird. Something that would not go over in that kind of film today.
0: Yeah, um, but then, but then, out of nowhere, the hearse, the car comes crashing through the building and basically doesn't he run uh, Mr. Krobot over? Yes. Yeah, that's how they yeah, win.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then the like female mummy comes back to life once they win.
0: No, they win, and then they take Harold back to the museum, and Harold is oh, right. in a Sorry. sarcophagus. Off. And that's when the female mummy wakes up.
1: Star- okay, you're you're right. I just had a little like five minute gap in my memory there but yes but yeah then this female mummy just kind of randomly wakes up and they have this moment before they each go kind of back into their sarcophaguses and they like lay down and then they're just kind of like dead again but they're together in the afterlife I guess is the presumption and then I think it just flashes to the does it show I think it shows Marshall being more receptive to Todd after,
0: yeah, it's after this, after he sees that Harold got to be with his love in the end, um well, firstly, what we don't talk about is the fact that Marshall's packing up all his props and stuff, like dude, what, oh yeah, 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 it's like, it's like it, his
1: it, Halloween obsession just went away,
0: yeah like he's like it's like he's packing to move or something, but apparently he's just like packing his like halloween props and his mom walks in and she's like what's oh what's going on here he's like i don't know guess i'm just growing up i'm like dude i would still have those in my room now
1: yeah seriously they were cool
0: like just because you're growing up doesn't mean you have to put away all your little kid stuff
1: oh yeah and then marshall and amy have this weird like romantic thing going on at the end too
0: yeah because like like, he
1: wasn't reflected in the rest of the movie
0: sorry go on yeah because like when marshall has the gun pole on him amy's like really worried about him and then after that whole reveal she's like oh i just was really scared for you for a minute and he's like you were and she was like yeah and i'm like what wait what <laughs>
1: like what is going on since when were they kind of an idea it's weird like what's weird
0: this, what is this heteronormative nonsense
1: honestly yeah so marshall um go
0: on yeah so marshall and his mom have this talk he's more open to todd now he's like do you really like him She's like, yeah, I do. I think he tells her you should marry him then, which is, like, I don't know how long they've been dating, but maybe right. don't say that right now.
1: Right. I think he does say that, yeah.
0: Yeah, it's like, okay, whatever. So then I believe after that, it's, like, another few days later or something, but um, Gilbert comes over to Marshall's house and they're going to go see a movie again. And he's like, yeah, and then Amy's going to, like, meet us there or something. And then all of a sudden, Marshall's like, Amy's going to be there, and he, like, dresses up a little bit more, does he put like cologne on or something? I believe so.
1: Something, then, yeah.
0: Yeah, and then Amy shows up and she's like dressed nicely too. And then like uh Gilbert being the avatar for the audience just goes, What is this all about? Yeah. He's like, what's happening? And I'm also saying what's happening? When were they ever supposed yeah. to be love interest?
1: Seriously. It was a, kinda like the mummy like um the two mummies how like had a lot the love interest thing it kind of felt like thrown in there like they had to do it
0: yeah it was really weird and like then, the writers
1: felt like they just had to do it but there it was not developed
0: no it wasn't like literally when amy comes in you said she was like kind of like a bit of like a little bully or whatever and all of a sudden they're they love interest and then the movie ends with the three of them walking to the movies together and that's it
1: that's that's the whole thing
0: that's all so yeah.
1: concluding thoughts how would you like rate this movie on a scale of 1 to 10? And what are your general thoughts about the movies, the pros, the cons, and so
0: forth? Okay, if I were going to um, rate this movie 1 to 10, i give it like a solid, I'd say almost like a solid 7.
1: Okay. For yeah. a movie
0: I've never seen before, I I enjoyed it for what it was. I wasn't prepared for some of the just this the nineties, we things are different right now
1: elements.
0: Uh, But overall, I think it was a fine movie.
1: I would agree with that. I would also put it at probably about a seven. Um yeah. I would I yeah, it's it's about a seven. It there are definitely elements of it cinematically that are really good. I really liked the three main characters. I liked how it felt more mature. It used themes and wasn't afraid of being, I guess, too harsh for kids in the way that producers of this kind of movie would, or maybe, I don't know producers, but people who, pardon, work on this kind of movie would be today. There would be, I feel much more sensitive of children and what parents feel like children should be allowed to see and I feel like this movie wasn't as sensitive as things today and I really enjoyed that about the movie it was a good movie for what it was but there was there were some disconnects there the characters um re- well the characters themselves were good I felt like the relationships were a little bit underdeveloped there was some good common comedy going on but uh yeah so overall i'd say it was a good movie definitely a good thing to watch especially around halloween time hopefully some of you will be listening to this around halloween time and definitely something i would uh encourage you watch in the fall to get you kind of in the mood but yeah I, i would give it a seven as well
0: yeah um yeah this is gonna hopefully come out before august is over but even then um this is still like this is a very good halloween movie to watch you should really add it to your lineup. It's not... Like, it's a Halloween movie the whole family could watch, I think.
1: Absolutely, absolutely. And although, like, we've said several times throughout the course of this podcast, although it is a kid's movie, and it's aimed for, like, maybe the age demographic range you're aiming for is, what, like, I'd say, like, 7 to 13, but it's also... It feels more mature than a Disney movie would today, so... I would, I mean, I would probably recommend this for older, I mean, I think anyone could watch it, and I wouldn't keep my kids, my younger kids from watching it, but I definitely would, like a family with middle schoolers, I think it would be a really appropriate movie to watch, for sure.
0: Yeah, so that is under wrap. the very first decom, Kate, we did it
1: we did it. Do you have any concluding points that you want to say about it? I'm so I I'll just I'll go first really quick that I really enjoyed this movie. It's been a really fun process and I'm so excited to do this podcast with you because this is I mean it was really fun to kind of look back into the 90s and see what people what kind what decoms were when decoms first became a thing.
0: Yeah. I'm very excited to continue this podcast with you, too, especially because it's going to be a while before we start hitting the movies from our childhood. Don't worry, when we get to them, there will be plenty of just, um, plenty of fangirling, basically.
1: Oh, yeah. Lots of fangirling.
0: Like, once we finally get to High School Musical, because that's what we've kind of themed our podcast name and logo about, you... I feel like High School
1: Musical... That's gonna warrant like maybe even two different episodes because we're we're gonna go ham.
0: (laughs) Like either like a really long three hour episode or a two parter. We'll find out when we get there. Um, yeah, it's gonna be a good time. So, Kate, now that we have finished under wraps, are you ready to learn about what our next decom will be?
1: I am. Give me a little bit of a preview. I'm excited.
0: So next, next episode, I'm not going to say like next week or anything, because we don't know, we don't know about what the schedule for this thing will be Hopefully within
1: the next like two weeks-ish. Yeah,
0: yeah. So next episode, episode two of The Start of Something New, we will be reviewing the 1998 Disney Channel original movie, You Lucky Dog, starring Kirk Cameron. Ooh,
1: Interesting. Okay, yeah, I remember reading a little bit about this one. I'm excited. Anything with a the dog theme. I love dogs, so. Yeah, you, I
0: mean, you have kind one. Of I do. Okay, so before I we um, sign out, um, just want to let you guys know, um, since we are a new podcast, um, we're not quite sure where we're going to be quite yet. Hopefully, I'll get us onto Apple Podcasts or Spotify, but. Either way, if you're hearing this, um, it's like give us a nice review or something so that people know we exist.
1: Yeah, we definitely would appreciate it if you guys tune into this podcast. Again, we're going to try our best to make it a regular thing and go through every Disney movie, which is probably going to take a long time if we do this every other week or so. But, you know, it's worth it because it's a lot of fun. And we hope that we can meet some fellow Disney nerds through the process or kind of hear... Uh, your opinions through comments and reviews that we can read so
0: yeah and honestly heck we might even it'd be cool to get some like people on as like guest hosts for episodes just to have another opinion.
1: absolutely
0: um so, absolutely I
1: definitely agree
0: yeah I'm I'm may or may not start with social media for this if um if I do I'll let you guys know but um yeah if People want to follow me on Twitter or Instagram, that'd be at Jake Blue Art. Kate, Um, Do you want to tell the people at home where they could follow you if they want?
1: Yeah, so on Twitter, uh, my name is at Kate, K A T E, V Random. And then my Instagram is at K, just letter K, V Random. So follow me. Hit me up, discuss with me some Disney, slide into the DMs and talk to me about Disney. I'll be here. Uh, Yeah. um, uh, Thanks for listening. Jake, wrap it up and bring us home.
0: All right. Yes. So, um, yeah, if we get social medias for the podcast, they'll probably be Start Something New Pod or Start Something New Podcast. I'll let you guys know. Um, But, yeah, thank you for joining us on this very first episode. And we can't wait and we will see you guys next time.